If you don't mind, can you uh, rise up once again? Can you stand uh, to receive the word? Uh, I'm going to read the passage from the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. <clears throat> this is the word of God. They devoted themselves to the t- apostle teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to everyone as he had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. They broke bread in the homes and ate together with glad and sincere heart, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This word of God, you may be said it. Have you heard this expression? This is actually first-gen Korean immigrant saying, whoever picked you up from the airport, you end up having their occupation. You never heard it, right? Your parents probably did. Whoever picked maybe your mom or dad at the airport, probably they end up having the same occupation who picked them up from the airport. Guess who picked me up? Pastor, of course, pastor picked me up. Uh, eight of us came to America, and three of us out of eight became a pastor. Isn't that awesome? You know, you know that's, I guess that's true. It somehow has some truth in it. I remember uh, back in the 80s, early 80s, uh, pastors, they were the one who, uh, you know, like hands and feet of those people who first come to America. They, you know, take them, uh, find a place for them, they go to DMV for them. Uh, they do all kind of things. So whenever I think about the church, uh, I have like such a loving, warm feeling toward the pastors, elders, and deacons, and consas, consanims at the church. Uh, I, even though I've been ministering for over 30 years, still, when I think about the ministry, when I think about the church, I have a, such a warm feeling toward you know, members of a church. They were so generous, so nice, so loving. But the same folks, the so you know, like like angels, they were the one who pointing, you know, their finger to one another and fought, and church got divided. So whenever I think about the church, especially local church, immigrant church, I have a mixed feeling. This is, I mean, place where I nurture, where I experience the love of God and all that. Yet, oh, you know. It's not perfect, right? We are, we're not perfect, right? Bible says we are the church. And uh, how can we make our church that God desires of us to be? So I titled, I mean, it's kind of a long title. <laughs> we want our church to be where God's glory is being restored. How can we have a church that God's glory is, is there? If it is, it is kind of gone, how can we restore that God's glory in our local church? We cannot uh, disown the church, right? Because church is where we can nurture. That we actually, I mean, at least I got grow, I grew up in this church, so we cannot disown. Even though we we hear so many negative, you know, criticism from the outside of the church, we, I mean, this is a church God sustained it for the last two thousand years, and I still believe church is the only hope, only hope for this generation. What do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Agree, right? Thank you. Thank you for agreeing. <laughs> yeah, I believe church is the only hope for this generation. 
So how can we have a church that God's glory is being restored? Let me share a few things. Number one, church is where you devote yourself to the to learn the Bible. That's what verse 42 says. They devoted themselves to the apostle teaching. First thing that they did after they experienced the miracle of signs, you know, like they heard like sounds like wind, they saw the like like fires and all that. Uh, they heard these people speaking in tongue and all that. You know, they what they did uh, they, after they gave themselves to Christ, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching. Who are these people? These are the Jews, right? They knew the Old Testament, but they devoted themselves to the teachings of apostle. It is important. We don't stay at the miracle sign, signs and wonder. Church, we ought to devote ourselves to the word of God. How many times did you read the Bible? Anybody read the Bible more than one time? Do that? We have, yeah. You know, Bible is a very mysterious book. I was listening to talk to my, my, my you know, seminary friend. I mean, he's, a, he's one of our associate pastors. He and I, we've been, we've been friends for the last 30 years. Ever since we were young, we devote ourselves to the Bible. We read the Bible so many times. We studied the Bible. We went to seminary. You know, I think I preached every chapter of the Bible. You know, we, have, we preached in every morning service, right? Being in our church, I preach every day. So I preach almost every chapter of the Bible. Yet, when I open the Bible, it looks so strange. I feel like, this is the first time I'm reading this passage? Sort of deal. Why is that? Because it's the Word of God. Can you read the same book like over 100 times? I don't think so. You can't do that, right? There was the elder Kill. His name is Kill. Not killing person, but Kill, Kill Sonju. He was elder, and he was first elder in early church in Korea, like 1903 or 4. He read the Bible from Genesis to uh, Esther 540 times. He read the book of Revelation 10,000 times. He read First uh, John 500, 500 times. I mean, that's how the church got birthed in the early church in Korea. How God blessed the church. You know, how can we restore God's glory in, in our church? We, ha- we need to get into the word of God. Amen, right? Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Number two, church is where you exercise love. This word, you probably heard this word, uh, koinonia, right? That's the word here, fellowship. They devote themselves not only to teaching of the, Bible, the apostle, but to the fellowship, koinonia. Koinos means common. Koinonia has a meaning of generous. So I want to put it this way. Commonly generous. That's what koinonia is. Not only one way, but, you know, like both ways. We commonly generous. With that in your mind, I want you to read this passage. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave anyone as he needed. What is our response? How, 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 can you take this passage? Say, yes, I want to do that. I want to sell my possessions and I'm going to share to the people who need. This is early church, right? How did they do it? Because they thought Jesus' coming was imminent. They thought Jesus was going to come back right away. That's why they could do this. 
That's what the scholars say. But you know what? If that thought kept them to this such a thing, I think we should keep that thought in our lives. Don't you think so? If that's a tradition, we have to hold on to that. Right? They thought Christ going to come back right away. That's why they could sell the stuff and they could share. You know what? I think either ways, you know, this is how I see it. Personally or universally, we'll have an end time soon. Right? If Christ come back, we'll face end time. If he doesn't come back right away, I will face my end time soon, right? Neither will face end time. I, I, I think as we uh, live this Christian life, I think we should, we should have that kind of attitude. You know what? We will soon stand before the Lord. If that thought will drive us, I think we'll be very generous. Early churches are like that. Uh, you know, during the 4th century under the constant great, the Roman, the Christianity became Roman's official language, the religion, right? And there was many emperors. One of the emperors named Julian, like, like a brother Julian. But he wasn't a good uh, emperor. He, he tried to get rid of uh, Christianity. He used the, you know, the demolished policy of Christianity by telling pagan priests, hey, guys, imitate Christians. They were even nice to generous to strangers. Imitate them. He tried to restore all this Roman ancestors' religion. But one of the policies was imitate Christians. Even this uh, apostate uh, Julian, Christians were so generous. You know, communism started with this verse, that verse. But they fell. Why? They didn't have Holy Spirit. Whatever we make, like any ism, or anything, if human hands are involved, there are always weak points and lacking parts. But when the Holy Spirit comes on us, there is fellowship take place. You know, remember I do the benediction? Love of God, grace of Jesus, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Whenever he comes, he he, we become generous because fellowship takes place. As I was preparing the message today, I thought about our KM members. You know, you know, many some of your parents, they don't know how to calculate numbers. Do you know that? They don't. Say, how can you give them much? I mean, I know you are in business, but you know, if you have business, bigger business, you have more money to spend, but how can you really give that much? I got really shocked. Working with KM people, they don't know how to use the, I guess, calculator. They just give and give. They gave and gave. I mean, they gave amazing amount. Because they know what church ought to be. My third point, church is where you worship. Thanks so much for our worship, worship, worship team. Should we give them a big hand? I mean... Aren't they awesome? And yeah. Worship is not only praise, but you know, worship is that we live as, as a worshiper, right? Our life, right? And verse uh, again says, breaking the bread and to prayer. Breaking of bread means communion, I would say, which we're going to participate today. 
Breaking in Greek words, cloud means tears. So bread is Jesus' torn body. So whenever we break the bread, we think of Jesus' body torn for us. Think about 2,000 years in the early church at, the, at the Jerusalem. You know, they were having communion. Think about this, the, the picture. 2,000 years ago, they didn't have internet, right? They didn't have so much entertainment. So when Christ was dying on the cross, 100,000 people resident in Jerusalem, they probably observed crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It was such an entertainment. This helpless guy named Jesus was dying like criminal. They were observing him. And after third day, Christ rise from the dead. And all of a sudden, these disciples, they became so bored and preached the word of God. And this is what's happening in Jerusalem. They observe all things and wow. And they became Christians, right? They got baptized. They became Christian. And when they had communion, think about this. It wasn't just a religious ritual thing, Right? Oh my goodness, why is such a line too long today? It wasn't really like that. Why are we doing this kind of stuff? No, no, no. It was probably overwhelming experience. They saw the witness Christ was, I mean, his body was torn for me. He shed the blood. So as they partake this communion, it wasn't such a religious practice, right? They were worshiping God. Not only that, you know, verse 46 says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. They broke bread in their homes and ate together and glad and sincere heart. They did it. Every day. Whenever they meet, they worship God. I, I love this expression, with glad and sincere heart. Are you glad that you are worshiping God today? I am. This is my third worship today. But each time, I mean, even though my body is a little bit, you know, physically kind of tired, I enjoy God's presence. It's accept me as I am and embracing me, touching me. and Love it, love it. And this glad, you know, the, the word glad has a meaning, the exceedingly joyful. This is, you know, you know the difference between joy and happy, right? You, you get happy because when something happened to you. In root words, happenstance. When something happens to you, you get joy. I mean, the happy, happy, right? But joy is a different word, no matter what. Regardless of the circumstances that we are in, we can be joyful because it is coming from the Lord. That's the joy we should hold on to. Do you know how to distinguish whether you are a spiritually filled person or not? By simply asking this question, uh, are you joyful today? Do you have joy in your heart? If you say, yes, I do have joy, then you are spiritually filled, spirit-filled person. If not, you got to check your heart. you got to ask the Lord to pour the Spirit upon you. Church is where we worship God. Last point, church is where we experience many signs that God is with us. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miracle signs were done by the apostles. What is the many wonders and miracle signs? All of a sudden, the disciples became bold. They were, you know, chickens. They all ran away, right? When Christ was captured. But they became so bold. They were not, they were not, they were not the educated people. 
But this uneducated people became all of a sudden so wise, so knowledgeable about the Bible and all that. And 3,000 people came to know the Christ. They got baptized. Those kind of, you know, those are signs and miracles, signs and wonders, right? Do you think they experienced physical healing? What do you think? I bet. What about restoration of relationship? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What about depressed one to experience exceeding joy? Of course, of course. God's presence is so real and many witnessed. Church is a place where we experience God's presence. God in the early church is the same God who dwells in the 21st century church. God is the same yesterday, today, forevermore, right? You know, when uh, THMs first started 15 years ago, 16 years ago, God performed many miracles. I remember many people were, I mean, they were seriously, like, had a like, uh, sickness. Doctors said, no chance whatsoever. And we began to pray. I remember, we church began to pray. God healed them. You know, one of them is like Kimi Gonzanim. I remember one of our church members. Uh, we, we were at the hospital. We prayed, we prayed so hard. And, and I remember the doctor's face. He, after surgery, he said, he came to us and said, I'm sorry. We did our best. We said, what? We've been praying, what? And we pray at even that moment. I mean, he, he came back. People, we, got, we got shocked and even doctors, whole hospital got shocked. How can this be done? We want to experience the presence of God because same God that you see in the book of Acts, the same God, right? So we want to experience that. My conclusion, my prayer is this. This congregation may experience the church that God's glory is restored. Meaning, I want us to relieve the first century church. When God restores, this is what's going to happen. Verse 7, last verse. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Meaning all the church members became so attractive. Outside of church, people wanted to join the church. They would say, can I join you guys? You guys are so attractive. Wow. I want to end my message with this question once again. Do you think church is hope of the world? What do you think? Yes, right? You know what that means? That means you are the hope of the world. Because you are the church. You are the hope of the world. Let's pray. Father God, uh, thank you for telling us that we are the church. We're not here to build the building, church building, Father God, but we are here to build each other up. We want our church to be the, where God's glory is being restored, Lord God. Help us to come to your word, your truth. Help us to exercise true love, Father God, to one another. Help us to focus on worship whenever, wherever, Father God. Help us experience your presence because when you come, we can get restored and people will see that you are living God. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen.